3: good old aunt rachel you remember him the guy who has become a superstar since he decided to become a woman a few years ago maybe we can have a debate about whether we should refer to him as a him or a her but uh, there's really no debate about what to call him or her And now, it's time for The Jerk of the Week, starring John Steigerwald. That's right, Dr. Rachel Levine, the person with the ugliest hair in the history of the federal government, and who is now the first female to become an admiral and second-in-command right now at the U.S. Health Department, doubled down on the wonderfulness of mutilating and chemically castrating kids.
4: Gender-affirming care is life-saving, medically necessary, age-appropriate, and
5: a critical tool for health care providers. As a pediatrician, when it comes to making sure kids are healthy and happy, I know how important
3: care that affirmed someone's true identity can be. Of course, it's worked out for Rachel. He not only became a woman, he became an admiral. And as a psychiatrist, he's assuring parents all over America that encouraging kids to switch sexes is a wonderful thing. And he also became something else. The Windows R Us Jerk of the Week. The Jerk of the Week is brought to you by Windows R Us, Pittsburgh's
0: premier exterior replacement company. Expert repair and replacement for
3: windows, roofs, siding, doors, gutters, and downspouts. Why pay double? Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. You know, if we had... um if we had identified, been able to identify the person responsible for the press release we told you about yesterday, it was sent out uh, by the Toronto Police Department and, and it described the missing woman as being 5'10 with blonde hair uh, and uh, full goatee, well, we might have had a different winner. But congratulations to Rachel. He, she gets it for this week. When we come back, we're going to have our media expert who says, quote, America's rhetorical sphere has descended into chaos. We'll figure out what that means. And in our second half hour, a celebration of the Supreme Court ripping the EPA apart. Stick around.
6: How many of you have pets? help we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and donated over 7 million dollars so while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers famous memory foam cushioning you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side find Bob's at a Skechers store Skechers.com select Petco locations or wherever stylish footwear is sold
1: Are you kidding me? Gas prices
0: are up again. Somebody has to do something. Well, someone did. your upside cash just transfer it to your bank account paypal or a gift card upside users have already earned over 200 million dollars now it's your turn download the free upside app and get cash back on every gallon of gas use promo code clock for an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up that's code c-l-o-c-k use code clock for an extra 25 cents per gallon back in your first fill up
7: my brother-in-law died suddenly and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home
0: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance.
2: For your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. Or go to SelectQuote.com 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. Select Quote.
0: We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials.
1: Today, the majority of children have already been exposed to pornography by age 11. Even though most of this is accidental, this exposure can have disastrous consequences for their mental health and future well-being. If you want to protect your child and set them up to have healthy relationships, you need Canopy. Canopy is the most effective technology on the planet for blocking pornography. Canopy's app uses artificial intelligence to identify and filter explicit content on every website. It can do this in milliseconds and is 99.9% accurate. While other apps block entire pages, Canopy is the only tool that filters within websites, plucking out explicit images and videos before they appear. Its image scanning technology also prevents users from taking and sending sexts. The internet is awash in pornography, but your kids don't have to see it. Head on over to canopy.us forward slash protect to start your 30-day free trial. Enter the promo code PROTECT and get 15% off the regular price for life.
7: Your spouse has said your marriage is over and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you? Hi,
2: I'm Dr. Joe Beam. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around.
7: If you're somebody who's lying in bed, sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope.
2: We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. So sign up today.
7: Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Check out lovestories.com.
0: This is the John Starker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
3: Well, it's been a tough couple of weeks uh, for most of the media. Uh, the, Supreme, the Supreme Court beat him 5 to 1. Uh, Joe Biden gets uh, more indefensible every day. And they're all getting killed by Fox in the ratings. Uh, Jeffrey McCall is a professor of communications at the Paul University and a columnist for The Hill. And he joins us now. Good to have you back again, Jeff. Haven't talked for a while.
5: Thanks, John. Good to be with you.
3: So um, the headline of your uh, most recent column at The Hill is, quote, America's rhetorical sphere has descended into chaos. Uh, why do you right. say why do you say that?
5: Well, we've got to the point, I think, where it's very hard for us as a culture to debate with each other. And, you know, we're in one of those situations where, you know, in a in a government like we have, you know, a, a republic, uh, we need to be able to settle things by debate. And that debate needs to be reasoned and halfway rational. And I'm not to say, you know, emotion doesn't enter into human beings' deliberations, but at some point... We need to have our deliberations based on fact and rationale. Uh, and we now live, I think, sadly, in a more chaotic world where people want to decide things based on who can get the maddest or who can rage the most or who can yell the loudest outside of Supreme Court justices' home. And I guess my sense here is that that's not a very functional way for civilized societies to try to move forward. And so I think that's the theme here is that we all need to take a step back, and at a certain point, people need to recognize that our government was set up by some really smart people to try to provide a republic in which decisions could be made for the general good of everybody. And at a certain point, we need to work within that system uh, and, and let it allow it to work. And, you know, I've been disappointed this week, or actually over the last couple of weeks as the Supreme Court decisions have been announced, And not to say that everybody's going to agree with every Supreme Court decision. Obviously, over the years, there have been Supreme Court decisions that probably everybody would want to take a pot shot at. But, you know, when you've got the President of the United States standing up there and basically saying, you know, he doesn't respect the Supreme Court's decision or he's just going to kind of go around it or whatever, and you've got sitting members of Congress standing in front of the Supreme Court building yelling, we defy the Supreme Court or we're going to ignore them. I'm just thinking, hey, you know, that's really disruptive to the whole functioning of, of our American government, uh, and there need to be better ways. I mean, every court decision is not going to go the way that everybody wants, but there are ways to deal with that. And the one thing about particularly the Roe decision that the Supreme Court handed down is they just said the Supreme Court's out of this. This is a matter for legislatures, and so it's not like they've made abortion illegal. They're just saying this is be handled in a different forum. And so instead of everybody trying to beat up and attack and shame the Supreme Court, which has now made its decision, and they're not going to change their minds, uh, it'd be better for everybody to say, okay, how do we manage that now through various state legislatures? And when people don't take the avenues that have been provided through civilized society to address or, you know, to, to, to change the direction of a culture, and they instead want to do it through anarchy... Uh, you can't be surprised when the pillars of civilization start to crumble, and I, I think that's kind of the point of my column: is that we need to be concerned that the pillars, pillars the foundations of our, you know, American republic, are being chipped away at, and that's that's not that's not going to be a pretty thing at some point uh, when anarchy, you know, takes over a society, which we're kind of getting toward the verge of now.
3: Now, um, of course, we've had. Uh, back-to-back presidential elections that were disputed by the people who lost. People forget that Hillary Clinton was all over the place saying that she should have won and it was all up it was because of the Russians, and we all know that story. Of course, the media, they don't um, like to focus on that too much, but she did. And we all know that Trump still to this day says he didn't lose. And now we have people – so you have two elections right there back-to-back, and you could go back to the um, the uh, Bush Two thousand and four, John Kerry, Car- uh, Hillary Clinton was running around claiming that he- Bush didn't win that uh, in Ohio. But anyway, just in the last two elections, we've had uh, people disputing the results and and decline and re- if not refusing to accept them. And then now we have people not just disagreeing with the Supreme Court, but when the the court rules and not in their favor, they dismiss the court now as illegitimate the same way the elections are now illegitimate. So what do you have left if that happens?
5: Well, there's not much left because, uh, as you know, the public polling about confidence in Congress is very poor as well. So people don't have any or confidence in Congress to solve problems. Uh, half of the population basically has been upset with the results of the last presidential elections. And now we're trying to delegitimize the Supreme Court as well. So I'm just thinking, where do we go from here? And where we go from here is probably not going to be a very happy place because we end up with a lot of people trying to engage in ultimately mob action, and that's partly on the streets. But it's certainly uh, obvious that we have mob action through social media where people sit around and get angry and berate each other through social media. So this is is not a good direction. And the sad thing for me, frankly, is that I don't know that we have – any particular political leaders at the moment who are emerging as the voices of reason you know and this this would have been a place i think in the last week or two for the biden administration to try to try to take the high road and just say hey we disagree with these supreme court decisions but we understand how the process works out we are going to do these things moving forward Uh, but they have really been hesitant to do that uh and you know at, at a certain point too you know, the election from, you know, 2020 is now long over. And I know people have good reasons to consider that the election was not appropriately executed. But it's not going to be undone. Biden's in the White House. I mean, the, the answer for most people, I think, should now be to move forward. And as you and I have discussed many times, part of the problem, or maybe a major part of the problem, in kind of refereeing the socio-political and sociocultural. cultural You know, challenges that the nation faces is that the media wants to be right in the thick of everything, not as a reporting mechanism, but an advocacy mechanism to try to put their thumb on the scales to try to decide who gets a voice, who doesn't get a voice. And one thing that really upsets me is when you see the, the cable news outlets, and you have to have to include Fox in here from time to time. They go to the more extreme voices to put on there to deliberate or to explain things. And I guess my sense is, let's stop interviewing Adam Schiff, okay? He adds nothing to it. You know, he, he by now he should be considered totally uncredible, but he's the worst, I think, in terms of trying to inflame passions and to circumvent reason. Uh, and, you know, and there are people on the right as well who will jump in there and say things that are inflammatory. And I'm just thinking, can we find some people to interview uh, or to put analysis on these things, who are not going to be the grenade throwers. And I think you know, getting back again to the media, back to the media's performance in the aftermath of the several de- Supreme Court decisions over the last several days that have been controversial. And it's not just the Row one, but the the gun rights one out of mm-hmm. New York, uh, the religious liberty one out of the state of Washington. Most of the reporting has ignored the constitutionality arguments or the discussion of law and they've only they've immediately gone to trying to you know what incite political anger based on what people's personal feelings right. are about yeah. those issues and it, there's been very little i've been trying to monitor this and I, I must say i haven't done it in a systematic way but i've watched a lot of news the last couple of weeks as i'm sure you have mm-hmm. and your listeners i know our our news consumers think back and see how many times nbc or good morning america or cnn has gotten into the nitty-gritty of the constitutionality or the actual legal opinions as opposed to going on a sidewalk and asking somebody oh aren't you mad about well, the Roe decision
3: yeah well not only that jeff and we're talking to jeff mccall uh he's a um uh, professor of communications at The paul university you can find his column at the hill um What we're dealing with here is irrelevancy. Um, Barry Goldwater, I read a biography of of Barry Goldwater a long time ago, and the only, well, I got a lot of things out of it, but the one thing I remembered is that he said, uh, the first and last question you have to ask is, is it constitutional? You don't ask, well, what does this mean for people who are going to be kicked out of their houses because the government's not going to be allowed to dictate who gets to rent to whom? That's not, the Supreme Court, and the media, getting back to the media, what you're saying, which is a good point, there was no analysis of the constitutionality of these things, and that's the only thing that matters. It doesn't matter how people are affected by it. Not one bit. When you're when Absolutely. you're discussing a Supreme Court, you know, it doesn't matter that more people in New York might or might not be murdered because of this rule. That's not the Supreme Court's job. That's up to New York to figure that out. And yes, they, don't, they don't talk about that.
5: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And here's another sad thing is many of the reporters and talk show hosts uh, on the cable channels who are fueling a lot of this anger and rage, as as we might say, they're they're trying to incite rage, many of those people have really no background in constitutional law or legal perspective, and they're not going to get it from anybody who could help inform them. They're only reacting emotionally, and you, you, you know this as well as I do, anytime you simplify a complex situation you're reducing it to raw emotion and the, these legal decisions are complex they can't be simplified just about like oh don't you really get mad at Clarence Thomas like that that's separate <laughs> you know that doesn't have anything to do with Clarence Thomas as a legal theorist right okay? and, and a lot of people think Clarence Thomas is a very bright legal theorist but when you characterize him you know as some evil guy or a boogie guy Or, you know, we demonize him and it's kind of like, hey, we don't listen to him. Like, then we're totally making this an emotional thing rather than a rational thing. And as you said, the Supreme Court is there to rule on constitutionality. And, you know, one of my favorite Supreme Court justices of all times was Antonin Scalia, who Mm -hmm. had to make that point all the time to people. Like, this is not about how you feel. This is not about the politics of anything. This is about whether or not, you know, the laws that we're trying to referee here Meet the constitutional standard. And if they don't, we get rid of them and then let the legislatures right. or the culture move forward. And th- that's why the media coverage of these Supreme Court decisions over the last couple of weeks has been very simple minded and, and raw and emotional. And that does a real disservice to the nation, which needs to understand kind of the principles of civics that go into Supreme Court decisions. Because if you can't have Supreme Court decisions, be explained rationally, then you you can understand that people are not going to respect them and they're going to, you know, lose confidence in the court. And once you lose confidence in the judiciary, you know, the world starts to disintegrate. And it's not just like at the Supreme Court level, but just the judicial system as a whole. And that's why in various, you know, municipalities around the country where you've got you know, district attorneys who are not enforcing laws and people are losing confidence in them, that's, that's you know, leading to chaos as well because people don't feel like the laws are going to be followed. And you know this as well as I do. If you don't enforce the laws, you have no laws. Right.
3: Was and also,
5: t- if you don't interpret the Constitution accurately and according to legal standards, you have no Constitution either. And if that really starts to disintegrate as an American culture... It's not going to be fun to watch over the next generation, and I think people who are now stomping around and they're just wanting to throw brickbats at the Supreme Court ought to recognize that if we destabilize that institution, uh, there's going to be a lot more at stake than just their decision about gun rights in New York or Uh, religious liberty in the state of Washington or Roe versus Wade.
3: And it would be nice if there were, as you mentioned, uh, people in the media who are supposed to be smarter about this stuff because... They're presented as experts. That's why they're on and all the networks. Um, it would be nice if they would focus on the only thing that matters, which is um, whether or not it's constitutional. Have a debate about that, and uh, and and uh, and on all sides, understand that it's irrelevant what the results of the decision are. It's irrelevant to the Supreme Court. Maybe relevant to the people, but mm-hmm. they could still be wearing their robes when when and and they could say to you, you know what we just uh, made this ruling, it's going to screw things up, you better fix it. But that's our ruling, because you asked us to look at it and and decide whether it's constitutional. And so, you know, are we at the point, uh, Jeff, I only have about a minute and a half left here, are we at, a, at the point where, you know, um, it's just time to change what we expect the role of the media to be and just forget about unbiased uh, reporting?
5: Yeah, you know, um, for a long time, in various columns I've written and interviews I've done, I've been calling for a reinvention of the media, that the media needs to look in the mirror. And I'm talking about establishment media, the kind of the, the ones who are supposed to be delivering news. And I know there's a role for opinion and analysis, and that's fine, too. I mean, that, that's what I do for the Hill, frankly. Okay, But there needs to be establishment media that should provide us an agenda of facts and information and honest-to-goodness reporting that is at least – intended to be fair and accurate. And I've been calling for a reinvention because the news industry, the establishment media has drifted away from that. I must say that the cynical side of me now is starting to say uh, it may be too late for that. I'm not sure if this media industry run by big power brokers and corporate towers in New York has number one, the gumption or even the interest in reinventing themselves, that they may just be too far down the road to ever look back and, as a society we may have to start thinking about what do we do to protect ourselves and where do we get information without relying on the washington post or cnn or the new york times
3: jeff i'm out of time i really appreciate you coming on where can people find your column at the is it the
5: hill.com yep go to the hill.com and if they uh, do the search and just type in my name jeffrey mccall they'll they'll have a list of all the columns i've written
3: that's a great column and all of them are good and it's always great to have you on the show we'll do it again soon thanks man you're welcome, John. All right, that's Jeff McCall, Professor of Communications at The Paul University and calmness for The Hill. We'll be right back.
5: Eric.
0: The best RN News. I'm John Scott. If you're flying this holiday weekend, be prepared for crowded airports, full planes, and Higher the normal chances that your flight will be delayed or even canceled. Ben Thomas reports. Airlines have stumbled badly over the last two holiday weekends, and the number of Americans flying over July 4th is expected to set records for the pandemic era. But problems are already popping up with high numbers of cancellations this week, some caused by heavy thunderstorms. Tracking service FlightAware says American Airlines canceled 8% of its flights on Tuesday and Wednesday, while United scrubbed 4%. As for the highways, gas prices have eased below $5 per gallon nationally, but they're still high, and government data suggests Americans are driving a bit less, with demand for gas down about 3%. I'm Ben Thomas. The Dow had 242 points. The NASDAQ is up 57. This is SRN News.
2: This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshares. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, well, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, founder and CEO of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started helping folks cancel their timeshare, and the process started what's now called the timeshare cancellation industry. Timeshare is the only thing that you can buy that you can't tell me how much it's going to cost or when it's going to end. When you buy a timeshare, you give them a blank check to fill out any amount they want for annual maintenance and assessment fees. Sounds crazy, right? Well, the crazy thing is, this never ends. Stop the insanity today. Call my office now. I guarantee if
0: we can't cancel your timeshare, you'll pay nothing. Were you lied to when buying a timeshare and want out? Get the facts about timeshare cancellation. Call Wesley now for your free information kit. 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. 800-691-9999. Okay, Secular explains his part in undoing Roe versus Wade. Who would have thought that a case we argued in 1991 and
2: again in 1992, decided in 1993, based on activities that took place in 89 and 1990, would end up as the basis, one of the bases for this critical Supreme Court decision? But there it is. I don't want to get emotional on this, but look at the result that God gave in a case like this.
0: Secular live weeknights at six, right before Brandon Tatum at seven on AM 1250. The answer.
7: The fight for the unborn is raging in our country. An unprecedented leak from the Supreme Court indicates that Roe v. Wade is on the brink of being overturned. The debates have never been stronger. During this critical time, a new movie is about to be released. The award-winning film, The Matter of Life, cuts through the rhetoric and hatred and exposes the real issues surrounding the plight of the unborn. The Matter of Life. Stream it today at SalemNow.com and have your own life transformed as you watch The Matter of Life. Watch it now at SalemNow.com. Home.
1: The uh-ohs are out there. Scratches, dents, unexpected natural events. But with Mako and their magic, your car is no longer tragic. So when life throws you uh-ohs, just say
6: Better get Mako!
1: And go to mako.com to book your appointment today.
6: Uh-oh, Brad's buzzed. Oh yeah? Yeah, he's starting with the woots. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing is, he knows when he's buzzed.
1: Know your buzzed warning signs? Call for a ride when it's time to go home. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
7: Are you tired of that wet, moldy basement? If so, then it's time for G&J Waterproofing. Award-winning service with no gimmicks. And now, exclusively offering mold remediation with every job done. By Bactronics, the number one company when it comes to mold remediation. G&J and Bactronics, the two best all in one. Call today for your free inspection. 724-681-8944. 724-681-8944.
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
7: Busy afternoon, staying busy. Parkway East, outbound, stacking up from Bate Street up to Edgewood Avenue overpass. That's at least a 10-minute delay. On the Parkway West, your inbound delays, about five or six minutes, Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound 28, still seeing that volume from Sharpsburg up to Delafield Avenue. Pirates game at PNC Park. Look for volume there with the game to start a little bit later on. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather.
1: Patchy clouds and humid tonight, a thunderstorm this evening followed by a passing shower late tonight, the low 68. Clouds and breaks of sun for tomorrow with a thunder shower in the morning, becoming less humid for the afternoon. Outdoor plans can be impacted. We'll reach a high of 84. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 62. Partly sunny Sunday, low humidity with a high of 82. Partly sunny for the 4th of July, high 87. With your AccuWeather weather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
7: My brother-in-law died suddenly.
0: Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For
2: your free quote, call Select Quote at 1-800-928-3355. That's 1-800-928-3355. Or go to SelectQuote.com 1-800-928-3355. That's
0: 1-800-928-3355. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer.
3: Well, yesterday was uh, not a good day for people interested in or invested in, I guess I should say, uh, climate change hysteria. The Supreme Court knocked the EPA down a peg or two, or maybe a lot more than two. They They made everybody at the Heartland Institute happy, that's for sure. And James Taylor is the president of Heartland Institute. He joins us now. James, thanks for being here.
4: Hey, thanks for having me on, John.
3: So it's always good to have you. Um, So what was the case about that? uh, Where did this journey begin that ended up in the Supreme Court?
4: Oh, my goodness. What a long, winding road it's been. Basically, back in the Obama administration, uh, the the Obama EPA uh, sought to impose its so-called Clean Power Plan, in which EPA, rather than what would have been the case in the past, would say, here's a technology uh, that helps abate pollution that, therefore, you must put in, instead said, no, we're going to go state by state and tell you how much greenhouse gases you're allowed to emit. And basically what they did is set a standard so that no coal power plants could operate in the future. So that was challenged in the courts and struck down. The Trump administration... Uh, put in its own plan uh, to address carbon dioxide emissions. I don't think it was necessary, but it was much more logical than the Obama plan. But when Joe Biden was elected president, they scrapped the Trump plan, and the Biden EPA uh, signaled that it was going to put in place basically a, the Obama Clean Power Plant too. So that was challenged in the courts, and uh, what the Supreme Court ruled was that uh, that the uh, the, Biden, or, yeah, the Biden administration had overstepped its bounds, uh, that it cannot just broadly regulate and require technologies that haven't been created yet. It has to look at a uh, power plant by power plant or technology by technology solution. And really, but even more importantly, uh, what it determined was that the EPA can only assume and assert the powers that were directly given to it, by congress and what that implies is that the whole justification for epa regulating and restricting carbon dioxide no longer has a legal basis because congress never explicitly authorized epa to address carbon dioxide
3: and democrats just can't handle that obviously that that that's that um that once you designate some kind of a bureaucracy or or a or a uh, or some kind of an institution in government, um, a department, an official department, that uh, it just gets to do whatever it wants because it's it's now. I think I saw somewhere or heard somewhere somebody somebody referred to uh, maybe it was Jonathan Turley. He said that these um, these these agencies like the EPA that they, they have become like the fourth branch of government. They have all this power that was never given to them or shouldn't have been given to them.
4: Right, and EPA is an executive branch agency, and what that means is it can only execute or enforce the powers that are given to it by Congress. And what the court ruled, the Supreme Court ruled, is that, look, it, Congress did not give you this authority. And even if you say it's vitally important to restrict carbon dioxide emissions, it's not, but even if you think it is, um, still you have to get that authority from Congress. We are a democratic republic. You can only do what Congress empowers you to do. You do not become the king dictator on anything you want because you're EPA. And uh, the environmental left. They're losing their minds because they realize that uh, this has been proposed in Congress, cap and trade, carbon dioxide taxes. When they're proposed in Congress, they're rejected by Congress, even when Congress is run by Democrats like, uh, like Congress is today. So it's more a matter of returning the power to the people and our democratically elected representatives rather than the deep, deep state.
3: And what was the effect of the, uh, the Clean Air Act in, in 2015 on, on the coal industry?
4: Well, what we saw was that as a deliberate uh, intention of the Obama administration, it was to shut down coal production, to shut down the usage of coal for generating electricity. We've seen thousands upon thousands of jobs lost as a result. We've also seen energy prices increase significantly. Uh, the end result also is that we are now dependent on, well, we were dependent on foreign energy sources. Under the Trump administration, when we reversed the Obama policies, we became energy independent, so to speak. We produced more energy uh, than we used, but now we're back to begging foreign nations for energy.
3: So, uh, Obama and the Democrats decided that they, they could um, force all the energy producers to transition. All the coal-fired plants uh, to natural gas, uh, by making a phone call to the EPA, that was going to be enough, or a a stroke of a pen, however that stuff is uh, executed?
4: Well, the talk of natural gas was a bait-and-switch because the environmental left, including the Biden administration, uh, they do not support natural gas production or even natural gas power plants either. Natural gas is an extremely clean burning fuel, but... The uh, democratic politicians, at least the far left of the Democratic Party, which would be Joe Biden and Barack Obama, they're beholden to the environmental extremists who say it's wind power, solar power, or nothing. So
3: that that was um, that was uh, back in in 2015, and here we are seven years later. Um, so what did Trump do to fix it? And and it was only obviously temporarily because the Biden came in and reversed it.
4: Right. Well, first of all, again, he scrapped uh, the the Clean Power Plan, scrapped trying to pursue a Clean Power Plan, put in more rational uh, measures uh, to address carbon dioxide emissions, although they really don't need to be addressed. But at the same time, uh, he opened up more federal lands or at least made it more conducive to produce oil and natural gas on federal lands under the Obama administration and the Biden administration, they put up every impediment and roadblock possible to keep there from being any production of oil and natural gas on federal lands. And when you look at the western half of the country, and especially the western third of the country, you're looking at the federal government owning a majority of the land. So if you cannot produce oil and natural gas, where most of the oil and natural gas is, then we're going to have a problem. We're going to have to go begging Saudi Arabia and Russia in Venezuela, in Iran, countries that don't particularly like us, we have to go begging them and trading favors so that we can keep our lights on.
3: Okay, and I have some uh, breaking news. We're talking to James Taylor. He's the president of Heartland Institute. I wasn't planning on talking to you about this because uh, maybe you're aware of this, but this is a story that according to, my, uh, uh, according to what I'm looking at here at foxbusiness.com, they published this story nine minutes ago, okay, I'll just read it to you. I don't, you tell me if you know anything about this or if you're expecting it or what. It says, Biden administration unveils oil and gas drilling plans, gutting Trump-era framework. And it says here that, uh, and this, this sounds like a Friday news dump, possibly. The Biden administration published its long-awaited five-year offshore oil and gas leasing plan Friday, one day after missing its June deadline, The Department of the Interior plan included the possibility of the federal government holding up to 11 lease sales off the coast of Alaska and in the Gulf of Mexico over the five-year period between 2023 and 2028. However, the plan also put forward the option of the federal government holding no lease sales in that same time period. Any of that news to you or shocking to you or can you interpret that uh, anyway?
4: it's, It's new news. Unfortunately, it's not shocking or surprising uh, from what you read, and I just pulled it up as you were uh, reading it yourself. It appears that the five-year oil and gas leasing plan isn't really a plan at all. It just basically says, well, we're going to do whatever we want. And we know what that's going to mean. It's going to mean uh, the end uh, of the spectrum where it says that they may just have no lease sales. They, being the Biden administration, have been looking for every excuse possible to shut down oil and gas production and then blame Russia for gas shortages. And uh, the latest has been uh, when he put a total moratorium on uh, lease sales. Then he said, well, well, no, no, okay, we started it back up. They put 20% of the leases back up, but the ones that don't have any oil and natural gas. And then they blame the oil companies. They blame American entrepreneurs and American businesses for not drilling for oil and gas where there's no oil and gas. It's a complete head fake designed to trick people into blaming everyone but the Biden administration for the high gasoline prices that the Biden administration desires, because they they view high gasoline prices, high energy prices as necessary for a quote, transition, end quote, to wind and solar power. Only when oil and natural gas and coal are so expensive or so rare that people can't use them, will we move to wind and solar power because it makes no economic sense to go to wind and solar power when we have abundant, affordable, on-demand, oil, coal, and natural gas.
3: So if I'm an oil company uh, and I want to take care of my stockholders, what's my reaction to this?
4: Well, you're, you're in a lot of trouble if you're, um, if you're hoping to produce oil on federal lands where historically we have produced a lot of oil. Uh, there are some areas where uh, the land is owned privately or owned by state governments, but, again, that, uh, that is not the full universe of where we can be and should be producing oil and coal, or oil, coal, and natural gas.
3: But, but am I building any refineries? Am I What What am I, if I'm running the company, what am I, how am I looking at the future, at least for the next couple of years while these idiots are still in power?
4: Yeah, well, well you're certainly not building any refineries because refineries take up to 10 years to build. They cost tens of billions of dollars. And the Biden administration has signaled that there will be a zero carbon, in other words, no oil or natural gas energy economy uh, just 13 years from now. So why would you invest all that money into a facility that will finally become active and you might be able to operate it for three years and then you have to shut it down?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to read this and I, I'm glad you're here because you're the person to inter- interpret some of this and I apologize for kind of. Just hitting you with this because it's brand new, but it says it says here that um, there hasn't been a year without a lease sale since 1965. That's according to National Ocean Industries Association president Eric Melito. Uh, do, what does what is that all about? A lease, lease sales, and that that there it's been uh, 60 years basically almost since we've had a year without one.
4: Right. Basically, this would be the first time in decades that we wouldn't uh, be opening up or making available federal lands for oil and natural gas. And the Biden administration in its so-called plan (laughs) says, well, under our plan, we may have a lease sale. And then again, we may not. Uh, And if the may not comes to fruition, which is quite possible, yeah, that would be the first time since 1965. It would be one thing, If we were flush with oil and natural gas, the prices were low, production was high, we didn't need the federal lands because we had so much elsewhere, but that's not the case. So to have this as a possibility, that we will not make available federal lands for oil and natural gas for the first time in 60 years, to do it when we're in an energy crunch, it's just preposterous. It's preposterous. This is by design. This is not something Joe Biden, when he says he's going to fight like like hell, I believe, is a quote, to bring down gasoline prices. No, he's not. He is a liar because there are so many ways to bring down energy prices and gasoline prices in particular that he is stifling and actively opposing, including holding off on uh, allowing oil and natural gas production on federal lands, which has always been the case.
3: We're talking to James Taylor. He's president of Heartland Institute, Uh, and according to this story also, uh, James, um, that 10 Democratic senators, led by Senator Bob Menendez of New Jersey, who's corrupt, by the way, and gotten away with it. But anyway, that's a different story. Uh, they penned a letter to the uh, Energy Secretary, Hall, I think that's who, Halland is her name, uh, urging, yes. her, urging her against new leasing. And in their letter, it says, and that's, I want you to just tell me, James, if you can, uh, when I read this sentence, what people who are driving home from work right now, uh, as they're using up their five dollar a gallon gas on the way home, what they should make out of this? It's a, this is uh, this is from a this is in the letter from the senators. New offshore oil and gas leasing will make it more difficult to meet our climate goals and worsen the climate crisis. They wrote in the letter. That's this is in the as you said, people are paying five bucks a gallon and they're still throwing this stuff out there.
4: Right, and this has been a goal of the environmental left for many years. Back 15 years ago, uh, when I would engage in public forums and debates on this topic, nowadays the environmental left won't participate because they get their clock cleaned when they do. But when I would participate in these, time and time again, speaker after speaker who is representing the environmental left would say what we need is five, gallon, $5 a gallon or $10 a gallon gasoline. And this was back 15 years ago. So you know, back then, prices were about $2 a gallon. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is by design. This is what they desire and think is necessary for the, what they consider the greater good of acting on climate. Even though, of course, the United States has reduced emissions more than any other nation in the world this century, but they want to punish American consumers even more in the name of climate progress,
3: and this sure does. this sure does feel like a Friday news dump, doesn't it? Because uh, I don't think I, I can't imagine that they think that this is going to be well received by the by the general population. Their base in the idiotic climate hysterics—they they will. But the average person hearing this, as, as maybe they're hearing it right now, coming from me because they're in their car and they haven't seen the story and and also coming from you an expert on this they got to be wondering wait a minute $5 a gallon when's what's what's the where's the relief here what are we
4: doing right right and, and there's a reason why this is a 4:30 in the afternoon on Friday yeah. news dump because people are not stupid people understand that the reason why gasoline prices are so high it's not Putin um, it's not oil companies suddenly discovering that they want to be greedy. It's Joe Biden's energy policies that he put into effect the very first day he was in office, and he keeps making them worse and worse and worse. He keeps ringing oil producers and the energy economy in the name of his climate goals so he can satisfy the far-left environmental uh, wing of his party.
3: And, you know, um, it, it's it's one thing to... Um, to say that we're saving the planet by doing all this stuff. And maybe uh, when they're planning it and talking about it and selling it at election time, it makes sense. But the reality of paying 5 bucks a gallon for gas is probably, don't you think, sinking into people who might have even been leaning in their direction until they figured out that it wasn't a good idea to have it cost 60 bucks to fill up your tank?
4: Yeah, yeah. And I think they're hoping on and counting on the American people believing the lie that Vladimir Putin is the reason why prices are so high or getting accustomed to this as a, quote, new normal. Well, we couldn't help it. Nobody can do anything about inflation. No, no, it's not a new normal. It could be helped. And it was helped. And just a few years ago, just a couple of years ago, gasoline prices were down in the low twos, two dollars per gallon. In fact, it was in the ones. It was about 167 I believe, at one point in the Trump administration. But on average, it was a little over $2 a gallon. That is the way things should be. And what's going on in Ukraine might have an impact on gasoline prices to maybe a few dimes uh, additional cost per gallon. But that's about it. And moreover, if we were allowing American energy producers to produce oil and natural gas without these deliberate obstacles... As prices go up internationally because of international conflict, the American economy would benefit, not suffer, because we'd be the ones that the rest of the world would be purchasing gas from. Saudi Arabia loves it when gasoline prices go up, and they drive cars there, too. Yeah, That's they should do. be here in America.
3: Hey, James, I'm out of time. I'm, I'm glad you're here. I, I apologize for breaking, going off the subject a little bit here, but I was really lucky to have you here when this story broke, and I think we're going to be hearing more about this, but thanks.
4: Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you, John.
3: Okay, that's James Taylor, president of Heartland Institute, and uh, the Biden people don't want to drill for any more oil. How's that make you feel? Well, as you know, our friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of their lives, and he didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Now, Mike has done it again by introducing his My Slippers. This is John Steigerwald. For a limited time, you can save $90 on a pair of My Slippers, and this blowout sale of the year is not going to last long, so order now. Mike has taken over two years to develop. The My Slippers are designed to wear indoor and out all day long. They're made with My Pillow Foam and Impact Gel to help prevent fatigue, and they're made with quality leather suede. Call 1 800 716 8087 and use the promo code STAG or Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. Again, this offer will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com.
7: For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Your spouse has said your marriage is over, and they're ready to walk out the door. So where does that leave you?
2: Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. We've helped thousands of couples in this exact situation. We want to share with you the things you can do right now to start turning this crisis around.
7: If you're somebody who's lying in bed sobbing yourself to sleep because your husband has left you or walked out on you or your wife has left you and you think, oh, well, this is it now. It's not it. There is hope.
2: We're going to teach you the three things you need to start doing immediately to get your spouse back. If your marriage is in crisis, you're not going to want to miss this special Save My Marriage event happening on lovestories.com. So sign up
7: today. Visit lovestories.com for the free Save My Marriage mini course happening now on lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. Check out lovestories.com.
0: This is the John Stocker Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer.
3: Well, we'll finish with a little uh, quick note on sports here. Uh, I Maybe you haven't seen this, but UCLA and USC are about to join the Big Ten. Okay? And there's talk that Oregon and Washington could be following in them to the Big Ten. Uh, this is it's, it's college football. And it has less and less to do with college every day. Uh, and what made college football great were the rivalries, um, the, the conferences and the tie-ups with the bowls, uh, the tie-ins with the bowls and, and all that stuff. Um, and it's just it's going away. And college football has become a joke. It has, it's nothing to do with college. The games are still fun to watch. The talent is great. All that stuff is there. But they are slowly taking all the ingredients out of college football that made college football what it was. And now it's just minor league football for the NFL. And if that's what you want, that's fine. But at least be honest about it. And don't act as, as though we're talking about college students and college football. It's a joke. That's all it is. I'll talk to you on John Monday. On. The show
0: is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.